morning. So the four great vows, or in Korean, Sahong Sawan, or in Japanese, Shigu Segan. Now, many of you are familiar with the four great vows. We do recite it each week uh, and sing it in our service. And for those of you, if this is your first time, uh, you know, we, this happens at the, the very end of the, the service there. And it's just four you know, very simple lines. Um, and what I'm hoping to do here today is share with you, you know, my journey in, in understanding these, these four great vows and you know, with the really the intention for you know, each one of you to come away with just another way of, of, of thinking about the four great vows and hopefully creating your own understanding of these vows. So my talk will really be in three parts here. Uh, they'll I'll cover origins, uh, and then the second part is where I'll spend most of my time. This is understanding, uh, trying to understand the four great vows and using language uh, as lenses here. And so you know, we, we'll look at it in English. Um, we'll also look at it in Korean, which we, we you know, say each week here, uh, and as well as looking at it in, in Japanese. And the reason why, you know, I pick Japanese is that you know, Japanese uses these Chinese characters, uh, which are sort of like pictures. And so it's a, it's a way to try to get uh, another way to understand uh, the words of the four great vowels. Also, Japanese is you know, very similar to, to Korean. There's a lot of words that are pronounced you know, exactly, the, exactly the same. And then the third part of my talk will get into you know, the, the evolving meaning, at least for me the evolving meaning of the four great vows. So the origin, I will actually talk about the origin of the four great vows, at least for me. Um, yeah, the four great vows came into my own life when yeah, I started attending uh, the temple services here uh, at the, 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 the temple in Manhattan. And here you can see a, a picture of the, the meditation hall. And this is a time where pre-pandemic when we all were able to, to gather together and um, it's a beautiful place and I hope we can uh, you know, very soon be able to gather all back together again in, in the hall there. Um, but yeah, at the end of the, the, the service, as I mentioned, you know, we recite the four great vows in English and then actually sing it uh, in Korean. Now I'll admit I'm, I'm not a very good singer, but uh, I do like to sing. Uh, you give me a, a karaoke mic, I'll get up there and I'll, I'll start going. And I, I remember when I was in, in grade school, we would have a chapel and I'd go to chapel and I just remember we'd you know, have these songs to sing and we'd stand up and I'd just sing it and just try to sing it as loudly as I could. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Um, maybe the person in front of me, though, didn't, uh, didn't enjoy it all that much. But, um, but you know, yeah, that, that's... You know, the origin of the four great vows for me. It's from attending these services. So let's um, let's look at the four great vows here, and you know, and we're we'll getting into the languages as, as as lenses here, and starting with English. And so we have the four vows: you know, sentient beings are numberless. We vow to save them. Delusions are endless. We vow to eliminate them. Teachings are infinite. We vow to learn them. And supreme enlightenment is inconceivable. 
you know, we vow to, to attain it. Um, now, there are actually many different English translations here of the, the four great vows. So this translation is you know, the, the version that we use at the, the temple uh, in Manhattan. And as I was doing some uh, research on this, I've also noticed you know, some might refer to this as the, the Bodhisattva vows. And so you know, the, the Bodhisattva you know, is, is you know, some view it as, as one who is on a path to enlightenment. So that could actually include all of you um, as we're on this path of, of learning. Um, and then the second is, is you know, one second view of a Bodhisattva is one who is actually you know, you know, they're able to escape this cycle of, of birth and death, but rather than moving on uh, from that, they've decided to stay here, you know, with all of us um, and out of great compassion, you know, trying to, trying to help us. And so, and so some well-known bodhisattvas are Avalokitesara Bodhisattva, um, which is in the, uh, the Heart Sutra, or another bodhisattva I think of is Kisiti Garba Bodhisattva, you know, also known as Earth Store Bodhisattva, who uh, you know, is staying here in this realm until all your know, beings are out of hell. And so uh, it's a very, you know, you know, you know, speaks to you know, the, the compassion uh, of these, these bodhisattvas, as well as there's a lot of wisdom here on these four great vows. And so, here are the four great vows again, but all I did was just highlight the, you know, some of the recurring words here uh, in each of the, the lines. So here you see vow you know, four times. Now let's take a look at it though in Korean. And, and you know, this is the, the Korean version of it that we, we sing uh, at the, the temple. And so you see the four lines there uh, and you can see there's some recurring words here as well. So I've highlighted the word Sawan in the third column. So that you know, represents the vowels. And, uh, uh, but then also in the second column, you see I've, I've put into orange there, Mu. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit uh, about these here. Now here's the four great vowels in the Korean character. So probably not, this doesn't mean very much to you. And it, and it didn't to me, uh, at least until six months ago, I was fortunate to uh, be able to take Korean classes courtesy of our fellow member, Chris, and his, his company, The Language Garage. Uh, and we also have uh, Doyong as, as our teacher. So I've been able to start to read some of these characters. And I'll just highlight, again, some of the recurring words, but um, you know, that third column, Sawan, you have Val, and then in that second column, you know, that orange, those orange highlighted characters represent Mu. So let's take a little closer look here at, uh, at Sawan or Val. And so here on the left, you see you know, the, the word Val and how it's pronounced in Korean, the Korean characters. But then what I also put on the very bottom on the left side uh, are the, the Japanese you know, characters or the Japanese you know, Chinese characters there. And we've broken it apart um, and, and tried to define the two characters on, on the right. So the first character, you can see it's defined as, a, as vow or swear or, or pledge. Um, and then the second character is request or vow or wish or hope. And so that 
you can see there are a couple of words here that are, are the same in both of these, the word vowel. And sometimes you'll see words created that are repeats, a bit of a repeat of the same concept or theme to, to put those together. Uh, and that gets, gets amplified there. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, if we said, okay, well, what is this word vowel? What does it mean? Um, if we looked it up uh, in the, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, we would see that it's a solemn promise, or it's it's a it's a very formal or dignified promise. Now let's take a look at the other you know, character mu that we highlighted. So here in the left, mu, then the Korean character, uh, and then the the Japanese character, it's also pronounced as as mu. So mu in all cases there, um, and actually. You, know, you all are you know, familiar with the, the, the character Mu, um, you know, you know, you know, perhaps not, not directly, but it comes up you know, quite often in the, the Heart Sutra. And it, you know, it really starts to appear in the part of the Heart Sutra when it starts to talk about having no eyes, no ears, no nose, and then going on from there, you know, ignorance or you know, suffering and, and so forth. Yeah, in Japanese, so the, the, the actually the English translation of this, you know, you see is, is nothingness or not or nil or, or zero there. Um, and coming back to the Heart Sutra, though, there are the Japanese version has 262 characters uh, make up the Heart Sutra. And out of those 262 characters, the, the character Mu shows up 21 times. So that's you know, close to 10% of the Heart Sutra is this word. Mu. And so let's start to get into the, the different lines of the, the Heart Sutra. So we'll start with the first line here. And what I did was break it up into, uh, you know, we got four different rows there. The first row is in English. And I've, I've simplified you know, the English uh, translation there. So sentient beings, numberless, vow, save. And in the second row, you see that there's the Korean um, you know, version you know, in the second and third rows. And then in the very last row uh, is using the, the Japanese characters there. Um, and really, uh, we'll break it apart into four different columns of four words. And I'll explain in, you know, the words in columns one, two, and four, because we already you know, covered the third column, vowel. So let's look at, in the first line, the first word. So here, sentient beings. And see the 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 character here uh, at the bottom, you know, the Japanese version of it, and then you break it into two parts. And the first character on the right, you see, it says masses uh, or populace, um, and the second character is life or birth. And so, you know, it can be translated into all living things or or, or sentient beings. So very you know, direct you know, translation there. Now let's look at the second and the, the fourth words here. So in the, the top half here, you can see the second word. So we say numberless. And then the, the Japanese characters there, you break it into two pieces and you'll see mu, which we covered earlier. Um, and then the next character really means boundary or border. So it almost is meaning you know, without a boundary or without a border. Uh, you know, we're using the word numberless as we you know, at the temple. The bottom half covers the fourth word here, and that's save, and the, you see the, the Japanese character. This, amongst all the characters in, in the four great vowels, is one where 
didn't quite translate directly for me. You know, that character itself, you know, taken as is, often shows up uh, when you think of, say, the temperature. So if we say it's you know, 70 degrees outside, so you'd have you know, the number seven, zero, and then this character here to, to reference the, the, you know, the temperature. Um, now, you know, that doesn't quite translate into the meaning here. And so I've, I've thought about this quite a bit. Um, and, you know, this character, yeah, actually, if you, you, there's another version of it, but it has water on the left side of it. And you know, when you add the water to the left side of this, this Japanese character, it actually means to, to cross over or, or go across. And so I've put in brackets there my thought of, of crossing over, which you know, shows up a lot in, in Buddhism talks. And you know, also, to some degree, is, is at the end of the, the Heart Sutra there. So helping others cross over to the other side. Uh, as a way of saving them. Now let's go to line two here. So delusions and the spa to eliminate them. And we'll get into you know, the first word uh, in this line two. So delusions here. So at the bottom, uh, you can see the Japanese characters and then we'll break it apart into to the two pieces on the right. So the first character being anxiety, trouble, or pain. Uh, and then the second character being trouble, worry, or pain. So here, once again, like, like the word bow, you see repeats of the, the same meanings in both characters, and then they combine together to amplify. So you see the words trouble and pain in both places. And combined together, you, know, you can you know, translate this into, say, the worldly desire, or what worldly desires are the three poisons. Uh, so ignorance, you know, greed, and hatred. And so here we, we use you know, delusions. Um, Looking at you know, words two and four, so the, you know, the second word, endless, when you take a look at the characters of that, again, we have mu, and then the next character is really meant meaning to exhaust or use up or deplete. Um, so combined, it almost means you know, as inexhaustible. I sort of think about like the Energizer uh, bunny, so um, you know, that's being you know, endless or inexhaustible. And then the fourth word is, um, eliminate and the character for that means to sever or cut. And so when we think about you know, what, what are we saying here, it's we're vowing to sever or cut or eliminate you know, these endless delusions. Now let's take a look at line three here. Uh, you've got the four words on the top, you know, teachings, infinite, vow to learn. You know, the Korean versions in rows two and three, the Japanese characters, uh, at the very bottom there. So let's look at the first word of line three, so teachings. Now those characters there on the right, you can see you know, there are two pieces. The first one, it's often you know, the conventional translations of that character is law or rule, um, but I've also seen dharma um, be applied to, to that character. And then the next character means gate. And these two characters combine, actually, I, I don't believe it actually creates a particular Japanese word, uh, but it, it's really you know, putting these together conveys uh, the, the thought here in, in Buddhism. And so if, if we think about Dharma and defining that as either you know, all phenomena, uh, things that we, we experience, um, or the Dharma in terms of the teachings of Buddha and you know, passing through that gate to access this Dharma here. 
uh, is you know, applying, you know, translating to the word teachings that we use at the temple. Uh, looking at words two and four, uh, you know, we've got the, the second word infinite, and you know, you've got the two parts of that. Again, mu is there. And then the, the other character in infinite here is means quantity or measure. So something, think about something that's without quantity or without measure. Uh, and then, and so we use the word infinite. And then for the fourth word, learn, this one's a very simple direct translation, study or learn. So line three, you know, we're vowing to learn uh, these infinite teachings. And then finally, the, the fourth line here, supreme enlightenment, uh, inconceivable, vow to attain it. Um, here's where I actually found the, the, the translating this you know, from you know, the, the Japanese characters to English uh, to have actually the most significant you know, differences. And so we'll, we'll actually start to see this. Um, and so first in the first word here, uh, supreme and enlightenment, here the two characters you know, break down into the first character you can see on the right is, is Buddha. And then the second character is road or way or, or path. And, you know, actually that character is often used in martial arts for, you know, Japanese, it might be judo or aikido and that do at the end. Uh, and, and they say it the same in Korean, do uh, is road, way or, or path. Uh, and so when you combine these two together, these characters, uh, it actually translates into, into Buddhism. And so we say supreme enlightenment here at the, at the temple. Now, the, looking at the words two and four, the second word is inconceivable. Now, those characters break down again. Mu uh, shows up. And then the second character is really means above. And so really it's, it's saying there's nothing above this. And, and so we're using inconceivable. Uh, and then the fourth word, attain, yeah, that character actually means to, to turn into or, or become. And so when you put it all together here, you know, we're vowing to attain or become you know, Buddhism. And there's really nothing, nothing above that. And so that's you're really you're breaking down the, the four great vows, looking at it from an English per perspective, you know, the Korean words, and then and really dissecting it, looking at the, the Japanese Japanese characters. So, you know, I've thought about you know, this and, and we repeat it each week and, and the, the meaning of this has evolved for me you know, over time. You know, at first it seemed just very much like impossible vows. Then I've thought about it as perhaps it's the right intention. Uh, and then now I'm thinking about it as, is there some deeper, deeper wisdom here? And so just starting with the impossible vows, I mean, I, I, I like these vows. I think they're great. They're, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you know, very much it, it exhibits deep compassion for others. It, you know, it also exhibits really deep wisdom you know, and having good understanding there. And it embodies all of that. But um, I thought, how the heck do you accomplish all this? How do you save all living beings or how do you eliminate all delusions and, and learn all these teachings and attain supreme enlightenment. And, and so it almost felt defeating to some degree at, at the very beginning. Can this be even achieved? So thinking about this more, talking with some of, uh, some of you and, and just meditating on this, 
thought about this is really what we're doing here is we're making vows. And so, um, so that's a, a bit different than saying we will do this. We're really, we're vowing to do something. So we're making a vow. It's, so it's really in a setting a right intention to do these things there. And, and when we think about the Eightfold Path, the right intention is, is part of that Eightfold Path. And then finally, I've been thinking about this more from a deeper wisdom standpoint and not thinking about the vows so much as is something that we do, but you know, does it help to shed more light on, on understanding you know, Buddhism and, and Buddhist concepts there? And so you know, some of these principles or concepts you know, is that how everything is, is interconnected, um, how everything is changing, and how there's a, a certain unease or, or dissatisfaction without you know, proper understanding or, or proper wisdom. And so if we you know, just went back and thought about the word you know, numberless, you know, that, uh, you know, when I initially thought of that, I thought there's so many things, a whole bunch of finite things, it's so big. Um, but if you think about it more, it's numberless. And so there's no number to it. Or when we looked at the Japanese characters, it meant without border. And so what is something without border? Can you, you know, really define it? It almost sounds like it's just one big you know, interconnected thing that, that's there that has really no shape to it at all. And so it's probably constantly changing there. And so, you know, if you try to get too much into, uh, you know, without the right understanding, trying to save all living beings, you'd be highly dissatisfied as a result. And I thought about it this another way in, in terms of if you thought about you know, the ocean and went out and, and you took a drop of water out of the ocean and then you purified that drop of water somehow and then you put that drop of water back into the ocean. Would you ever be able to find that drop of water again? You know, it's no, it's just part of the, the entire ocean there. And it's just, which is interconnected and it's you know, ever changing there. And so, you know, one wouldn't get so caught up in saying, okay, I gotta find that and, and make sure I got that drop of water and get this next drop of water. And so it's, uh, you know, that, that again would be very dissatisfying. Um, and so it's really about thinking about having a, a deeper wisdom or, or greater understanding and setting the right intentions there is, is really how I've thought about it. So hopefully this talk gives you a little bit more, more insight and will help you think about the four great vows. Um, I'm sure your understanding will evolve and, and develop over time, similar to me. But you know, with that great greater understanding, you know, hopefully at, at the end of the service here, when we sing the four great vows, um, we can sing it perhaps just a little bit louder and sing it with a little more joy. So thank you. <laughs>